0: The reason the Rose three made it, in part, was because Bank of America was disorganized during this part of the financial crisis, and didn't know didn't know to ask him for his money, and so he was able to use that money to survive uh, a little longer. And so, that's what I would I would say is you've got these wonderful stories that nobody else knows about. Maybe people in your office knows, or or ask your ask your staff hey, what are some great stories you think people would like to know about our business? Write everything down in a very long list, then create a priority of these these must come out first, what I would call cornerstone content. These things have to come out first because then you can refer to them. This is an SEO trick. You'll be referring to those older articles when your new articles come out. So for example, every time I mention due diligence in an article for our blog, I always refer back to previous due diligence articles that I've written on the web for Apex so that those articles get SEO ranking internally for us. It's, it's a lower ranking because it's internal versus an external, but it still counts. And it creates this wonderful all-you-can-eat buffet for readers that they, as they're reading an article, they're like, oh, an article about due diligence? I should read about that. Oh, an article about things I should know about my banker? I'm going to click on that.
1: Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I am your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined as always by Doug Hubler, the president of Apex. And Doug, we have a special guest that I'm going to turn it over to you. No banter this morning. We're just going to get right to it. Please introduce our guest. I'm very excited to have uh, this gentleman with us.
2: It's great to have this uh, guest, Stephen Heiner, coming all the way from France. I think, it's, I think he's still in France. He's a, he's a worldwide <laughs> traveler and we've caught him today i've known steven for many years he's a former client but he's actually doing work for us now he is a writer of blogs i thought it'd be great for him to come on and talk about you know what he does for us and 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 then i can also talk about the value what it's brought us over the years too well thank
0: you for that very generous introduction i came to France in 2013. I had sold a company with Apex in 2012. After going through, and maybe, Andy, that might be a future story. We might do a different episode talking about my experience as an Apex client because it it was wonderful, but I I do think it's atypical. All the books I'd read about selling a business, buying a business, be prepared for some deals to fall through, be prepared to not like the buyer, be prepared for X, Y, Z. I had a dream situation, amazing buyer, closed in 90 days, kept in touch. Over the years, we would take each other out for meals or coffee to see. And then he ends up selling the company uh, earlier this year to my last hire at the company. So the last guy I hired before I sold the company, who was, let's say, being mentored into a director of operations role, over time became the president of the company, and then he bought the company from the guy, I, I sold it to. So to see it go full circle, that it was acquired by one of my hires was was really heartening. But as as Doug said, when I landed in France, which I had to do all this research, how does, how does a non-EU citizen move to Europe? That is quite difficult if you don't have a job or if you're not going to school there, if you don't have a spouse there. And once I landed, Doug's right, I did start a couple of businesses. I started a a tour guide business a walking tour business uh it only took a couple years for me to figure out i don't really like tourists but (laughs) by that by that point it was too late i'd already given hundreds of tours to people and learned a lot in the process one of the things that you don't realize my so my last business was a a tutoring business so I, i feel very natural in a teaching role so i thought oh tour guides you're teaching as well but what you don't realize before you do it is it's far more difficult than teaching not only is it physical, so you're talking about walking 10, 20 kilometers a day, but you're also, in a sense, on stage. You need to be in not just a good mood, but an amazing mood. This, these people could be on a honeymoon. They could be on, this is the trip that they were finally going to go to Paris. You can't deliver low energy, right? You've got you've got to really...
2: you got to be on all the time.
0: You've got to be on all the time. So I remember one time sitting with a a friend for drinks, so in France, in France, this is called APRO, uh, which is the the time period between the end of work and when you're going to have dinner. It's like a one or two hour time period. You just sit around, talk, drink. And i I had done a tour of the Louvre in the morning and a tour of the Musée d'Orsay in the afternoon. And I sat with him, and I was just looking at him. I think probably drooling. And he said, he said, what is I said I don't I have no brain power left. I've, I've been I've been talking about art for six hours today. <laughs> I've been walking around." And I don't know why I thought I would be able to carry on a conversation with you tonight. So one of the businesses I started was a walking tour business. Also, at the time, this was the time of the Airbnb gold rush in Paris. Paris is still the most Airbnb city in the world. There's like 60,000 listings, but they weren't regulated at the time. So I started renting apartments and then putting them on Airbnb. And then I created a cleaning crew and a check-in crew. And I got up to three apartments <laughs> before the authorities in Paris started to say whoa 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 whoa. And so I had to dismantle my empire. But that was that was a good that was a good let's say business and I also had a digital marketing agency. And this was something that a friend had pushed towards me as things were getting towards the close of my close of the sale of my last business. Hey, Stephen, you'd like to write why don't you do that? And I thought, well, this is a good idea. I'll do that. But what ended up happening in the agency, so I created this agency, is I kept getting work for my writers, but I wasn't getting any work for myself. And I had always been in the mode of being a business owner and selling and getting my people work. And I had just slipped back into that mode again. Instead of doing something different, which is what I wanted to do, is I wanted to, uh, to write. I wanted to, to storytell. And I also got some really wonderful opportunities via LinkedIn, and this is just a, I don't know why I'm plugging LinkedIn, but LinkedIn's done some great things for me. One of them was my first full summer in Europe, I get an email, well, before this, it's April of this, before the summer, and the person says, hey, would you be interested in in working at a summer camp in Switzerland this summer? Now, listeners, if anyone ever says, would you like to blank, blank, blank in Switzerland this summer? The answer is always yes. Yes. The answer is always yes. It doesn't matter what comes before that. The answer is yes. I didn't know this until I had a chance to live and work in Switzerland, but it is it is one of my favorite places in the world. And we get into this initial phone call and somewhere 15 minutes in, I said, can I ask, how did you even get my name? He said, oh, I did a search on LinkedIn for you know, test prep skills, et cetera. You're the only person in Europe who came up.
2: That's crazy.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. So you have to tie this to the idea that Switzerland has extremely strict labor laws in yeah. terms of outside workers. And I'm not even outside. I'm, I'm considered not just outside Switzerland because Switzerland is not in the EU, but I'm outside of Europe. So I'm a foreign worker. And the way that they do it in Switzerland is the ad has to be published for six weeks and have either no Swiss respondents or maybe one Swiss respondent. And that person has to be not qualified, more qualified than I am, which means you only get the you only get the work visa maybe three days, four days before your arrival. This is another way to discourage foreign workers. The, the foreign worker basically has to be able, in my case, because I was next door in France, I, I could say, well, I guess I'm going this summer, or I'm not going this summer. I could do it on fairly short notice. So I get this I get this work permit to work there and I get to teach. So as Doug pointed out, I had all these really great opportunities in my first two years. And of course, it's it's France, which is uh, this wonderful place for me being in Europe, being able to go to London on the weekend, going to Berlin on the weekend, going to Dublin on the weekend. I, I was doing all of that. But at some point, two years in, things start to settle. And part of that is not finding out I don't like tourists. Okay. That that company has to close itself. That's somewhere. not good. The digital marketing agency. I'm just miserable because I'm not getting to write, and the clients I'm getting, they're they're perfectly wonderful businesses, but they weren't businesses I was interested in. And I, for my part, as a writer, I can't write for companies. So for one one of the companies, for example, that wanted us that we were doing work for was a um equipment rental business. Now, it, those of you who know me know that I'm not the person who knows about John Deere equipment right <laughs> ask me to to conjugate latin or greek i can do that for you but i i would have to study you know what's this John Deere machine and then i'd write this article about it and it came one time i was we were going down metcalf and I looked over to the right. And I told my friend, oh, that's a John Deere such and such. And he looked at me like I was from outer space because I'm not the person who would that's know not stupid. that's a, That's <laughs> a John Deere anything. And he said, how did you know that? I said, oh, I had to you know, study for this client. So part of the misery for me was I wasn't writing. And then the type of writing I was doing, it wasn't writing I wanted. It was writing that was being. And it, and this is the whole point of having a business is you get to choose what kind of work you do. You get to choose the people you work with. You get to choose you get to fire clients if you'd like. And at some point I just I told all the writing team I said you're free to keep the clients I'm closing down the agency. You don't owe me anything. And I went about my other business endeavors for another year before I basically rebooted as Writerly, which is the company that I have now. This was in 2016. And in January 2017, I reached out to Doug because I knew that Apex was was writing stuff. And this was my new rubric, A, no inbound sales. So no one could call me and say, I wanted you to write for me unless I was really interested in their business. I was going to go and pitch people on writing for them. And in that sense, I would say, here's what I like about what you're doing. And here's what I would like to do for you. And I'm pretty sure that's how I pitched Doug. I said, here's here's the blogs that you're doing, but why don't we do things like case studies? or talk about books that people should read. And I said, and I thought to myself, Doug can't really be looking forward to having to do all this writing all the time himself. You know
2: me very well. And, so... <laughs> and I think my uh, English teachers would say, Doug, you shouldn't be writing these things. You should hire that out.
1: <laughs> is, uh, that how it, uh, is that how it occurred, Doug? Is, is I... Stephen's recollection how you recall it as well? Pretty, I think
2: I think Stephen was reading my blogs and said I think I can improve on this. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> and, very generous of you, me, know, Stephen. And and fortunately, you know, Stephen did have experience of owning a business, several obviously, and selling a business. So it, he he was intrigued by it all. It interested him. He was he was involved. He he read a lot about it. So. For him, it it found it from my point of view. It was he picked it up very easily, and so for us, it was kind of going back and forth on what are the kind of what are the topics periodically. What are things happening at apex that he could write about the disaster stories, the success stories, those kinds of things, and then of course all the research he does uh, on his own in the industry uh, that brings. Stephen, do you feel like you were on with the previous
1: um, digital marketing agency? Were you farming out to other writers because you felt that the content just didn't didn't interest you or wasn't something that you were passionate about? In
0: the beginning, I was because I wanted to create the stable of writers and you, you keep a stable of writers by keeping them fed. But once I had done that and I started to be able to look at some of the work, I looked at all the our clients. I didn't want to write for any of them. I took the work because they called me and said, "Would you like to write for us?" and "Can I pay you money?" and I said yes. Right. <laughs> and that, and and you know, while that may work for some businesses, I'm not decrying that as a business model. When you're when you're creating a solo shop like I was, it wasn't going to fly. I I I wanted to basically build a job for myself. Once the digital marketing agency closed, they said, "I'm just going to build a a small job for myself where I write for people I really care about." And that's to to Doug's point. Some businesses may say, "Hmm." Okay, but I do plastic mold injection manufacturing. Who's going to write for my business? So I understand there is validity to what Doug said, that I have a skill. I have what Scott Adams calls a talent stack that allows me to write for a business brokerage. I have an MBA. I've I've sold my own company. I, I like to write. These are things that help there are some people who might say, well, I have a really specialized business. Well, I always point out that the owner is the most qualified person to write, but is he or she free to do that? Or does he or she dread it? It's the thing that sits on the corner of the desk. Oh no, I'm going to have to write a newsletter. I'm going to have to. And the reason this pressure has increased on business owners over the years is because Doug was, I would say more on the cutting edge in 2017 in the sense of he understood, like other business owners, that content was an important aspect of a brand presence. In In the old days, you could just hang your shingle out on the Internet and that was it. But content really drove. Why would someone come to your website in the first place? Did they just come to check out your website? And, oh, look, there's a phone number. Oh, look, there's a fax number. And for you younger people, a fax, this is an invention. You can ask your parents about it. <laughs> but... But you had to develop a reason for people to come to your website in the first place, and content did that. It also kept the water warm. So the newsletter goes out, newsletter has an article, the person reads, it goes, oh, that's really great. And in the back of the mind, two years, three, three years later, when they're finally ready to sell their business, like, oh, yeah, well, I've been reading those articles from those Apex guys all the time. I'll just go there. So it isn't just a question of storytelling for your brand. It's a customer acquisition funnel. And this has only gotten more. I mean, the podcast is now, I, I, I think I told you before the episode, I, I hope I might be the first listener who's listened to more than 30 something episodes of 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 the podcast. So it's a bit surreal hearing, hearing myself. So yeah, as you as you started to do with this podcast is a wonderful thing is reach people where they are. Some people like video content, some people like audio content. Some people like to read stuff. Some people, if you even look at the type of content, we do case studies a lot. We do once a month, we do a case study. And people, some people, they don't read any of other content and they only read the case studies, right? Sometimes, weirdly, the case study is about a particular brand that they were interested in. And then the SEO leads them to us because Mm -hmm. they were interested in this brand. And that's the idea behind content is that it has finally dawned all these years later on most business owners that every business is now a content business meaning if you're going to win in search if you're going to win in social media you have to have content you can't just say every day on social media hi we're apex we'd like to help you with your business transactions okay are you going to say that every day instead instead of having that direct ask every day what you're doing is sharing your expertise sharing your ups sharing your downs going behind the scenes Uh, There's Gary V tells the story in in one of the books, which shameless plug for the blog we reviewed on the blog about uh, it's called Crushing It. But he talked about this dentist that has a really popular TikTok channel. And you think dentistry, Mm. TikTok. But it was this really making it fun because obviously she had young, young kids as part of her clientele. And then being able to say, oh, she's the cool dentist. And then you have kids asking their parents to go to this dentist which is not usually the first thing kids do. No. (laughs) Can we go to this dentist? (laughs) So (laughs) by creating content that matched, she was able to create this endless funnel for herself. And I'm not saying every business works this way. I'm saying that a business needs to find content channels that work for them, be it a podcast, be it a blog, be it Instagram. Uh, there's There's a firm in town, a graphic design firm, I think, out, in prairie village and they do instagrams all the time well of course that makes perfect sense for an interior design firm here's pictures of our latest thing that we've done for a sure. client well if, yeah. if an interior design firm is not on instagram they're just they're not doing it right right and so if the owner knows he or she i'm not steven i'm not great on uh on camera i don't think i could do a video i don't think i could do podcasts you know well, there are people who can help you do that, and so in the case with with uh, with Doug and myself and Apex, I happened to reach out and said, "I here's the things that I think I could do," and I also have to refresh it because, as Doug noted, I live in France; I don't live in Kansas City. But every time I'm in Kansas City, I bring in some food, and I sit around and I hear the war stories: what's going on, how are people feeling about the market when the uh, the well, when COVID happened. I was asking, what's the velocity of sales? How's everybody reacting? We talked about the fact that a lot of meetings had gone to Zoom and this had actually been a positive because in the past, people hadn't met in this way. Right. And you as a content creator, whoever your content creator is for your business, if they can if they can be in touch physically in one way or another, if if not at least by video with you and your team, they're gonna be able to keep their hand in the water and feel some things. Ideally, your content creator is in your office. So if you happen to have a staff member who loves to write and you can pay them some extra and make it part of their job description to do it or to create content, great. If not, contract with somebody who can be in touch with you and find out what's going on. And also on my part, strategically, this is the first time I'm revealing this to to Doug, but it's a lot harder to fire somebody that you've met in person right? If it's just some, if it's just the guy, he, this guy just does our content. I, he lives in France who, you know, who, right. who cares, who cares about the French anyway, versus this guy comes, he comes every, he comes every year, he comes, sees our people. And that's something I pride myself on, despite the fact that I'm a hundred percent remote for my clients. I see every single one of my clients every year in person.
2: I think you, you know, one of the things that you, you are touching on, and you know, we were talking about the importance of keeping content fresh, having it Visible, maybe different channels, whether it's blogs or podcasts or video or whatever. But the reason for that, you know, I mean, I guess in the search engines there, you know, we're not just copying what other somebody else is doing. We're not just putting out a link for for somebody on our website. We're actually providing new information constantly. And I think that's what's really what really makes it active for people when they're searching out, right? And, and
0: people might be thinking, okay, but great, Stephen, how do you know what to write about? Part of it is, I would say, think about every sales call you're ever on. What are the questions you keep getting asked all the time? And you have to answer them. Well, then answer that question 17 different ways. Create a frequently asked questions part of your website and add a new question every week. You'll want to do that in, in your Google listing as well. If you go to Google My Business, you'll want to make that as robust as possible because Google really owns search and make sure you're populating it with testimonials, making sure you're responding to questions that your business has asked, make sure all the hours are populated. But as Doug noted, if someone searches for you, you want to be the answer. And part of that, leads also to voice skills so a lot of the web has been you know hey siri hey alexa i have to be careful my 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 device is lighting up hey, siri <laughs> i think you've got the wrong assistant
1: <laughs> there you go yep
0: I, I said it and then i said the i said the other one right afterwards and she said i think you've got the wrong assistant
1: like, oh
0: <laughs> she's upset we'll have to have a conversation yeah after, after oh boy. Yeah.
1: The text that went by. Right <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a problem, right? You two, you you two are married. You uh, you know the unmarried man here. Rookie mistake. So, y- having voice skills that say that you can, you as a business can create a voice skill such that someone can ask a question and then have an entree into your business. That's still somewhat the wild west, the way that uh, content marketing was four or five years ago when 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 Doug and I first started working together in this aspect. So. You don't have to own all of the channels. You don't have to have a Pinterest page and a and a TikTok and an Instagram and a LinkedIn and a Facebook and a Twitter. You just have to find one, maybe two, really master those. And if the demand comes and you want to hire and and do more, you can. What people have to realize is you can always essentially take one one channel. And transform it and so here i'm going to let listeners in on another secret i listen to the podcast because i like listening to the podcast but i also get to steal content which i then transform into an article so andy might talk about a specific aspect of something or doug might talk about something that happened with a client and then i'll think okay i'm going to build a much larger article on that one idea so someone says a sentence i thought "Hmm, that's an idea for an article and what I've effectively done is taken the podcast and then put part of it into a article form. And so people need to realize it's 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 sort of an infinite flywheel. You're always going to get sales calls. you're always going to get questions. You're always going to get a new objection. Part of what we hear on the on on the Apex podcast is hearing, well, what happened this week? or what happened? what happened last week? And it's always part of a new story and, and you can and share that with people and then people also have a chance to connect with you on a personal level right they might they might like they might like Andy's voice or they might like Doug's jokes or whatever it might be and the same with your brand voice however you're putting yourself out there people may connect with you on a personal level and while i i somewhat cringe at using this word because i feel it's very overused the big mega trend in content these days is authenticity so people want to know who you are warts and all and if you share that with them, that makes them feel like your company is more real. And it can give you an edge when you're dealing with similar competitors. If there's if they're choosing between you and two other people, but you have more real authentic content you're sharing, or you know, if you're you've got are a dentist with a great TikTok channel, apparently, then you can you can do really well. And so I, I think I would just encourage business owners. I know it feels tedious, overwhelming. Uh, probably intimidating, but A, there's help out there. You don't have to do it yourself. And B, you have all the content you, you'll you ever need. It's in your head. A Flannery O'Connor said this famously, that anyone who has survived childhood has enough material to write about for a lifetime. And so anybody who's owned a business for a thousand days has enough material to write about for a lifetime. And it's just a matter of extracting that information out of your head into another form that could be through a podcast, that could be through blogs, it could be through videos, but don't say you can't do it because I guarantee if we went out on the internet in your business category, we would find somebody who's winning either in social media or in content marketing, doing stuff that you say can't be done.
1: Final question I would have is if somebody has not started and they want to get started with this, what would, what would your suggestion be on how to get started? I would refer back to what
0: we'd said earlier, which is, what are the questions I'm always asked in a, whatever format your business is? So it could be an intake sales call. It could be when you do in-client, uh, in-client meetings. It could be when you do proposals for clients. What are the things that most frequently are asked and answered? And then probably what's your own business take on that? So for example, we your business offers a guarantee and no one else in your category does. Why is that? What informs that guarantee? What are all the things about your business that you're proud about? What are the things about your business that only you know? How did it get started? I remember Danny O'Neill, the roastery, telling telling us that during the mortgage crisis, Bank of America was going through all this stuff and they forgot to ask for his mortgage payment for three months. And he didn't make it because it wasn't asked. So he said, well, they didn't ask me for it. And he says that the reason the roastery made it in part was because Bank of America was disorganized during this part of the financial crisis and didn't know, didn't know to ask him for his money. And so he was able to use that money to survive uh, a little longer. And so that's what I would, I would say is you've got these wonderful stories that nobody else knows about. Maybe people in your office knows or, or ask your, ask your staff, Hey, what are some great stories you think people would like to know about our business? Write everything down in a very long list then create a priority of these These must come out first. What I would call cornerstone content, these things have to come out first because then you can refer to them. This is an SEO trick. You'll be referring to those older articles when your new articles come out. So, for example, every time I mention due diligence in an article for our blog, I always refer back to previous due diligence articles that I've written on the web for Apex, so that those articles get SEO ranking internally for us. It's it's a lower ranking because it's internal versus an external, but it still counts. And it creates this wonderful all-you-can-eat buffet for readers that they, as they're reading an article, like, oh, an article about due diligence, I should read about that. Oh, an article about things I should know about my banker. I'm gonna click on that. And over time, that catalog just grows. I was so proud there was one article that had like 10 internal links in it. And I said, this is what happens after years of creating great content is you have now created a real buffet for, for readers, for them to eat, eat all they, all they want or as little as they want, but it's there for them. And it also is a catalog of knowledge. You can use it as an internal training tool for new employees can say, go, go read all of these articles. And if you know this, you're going to be well on your way to helping clients.
2: Thanks for that reminder, because I think we've got a couple of new guys that really well send over to those blogs.
0: Yeah, tell them there's They're only like three to podcasts, too. There's only 300 or so to read. Right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, in order to uh, your first few weeks of Apex, you have to listen to all podcasts right. and read <laughs> <Right>. all blogs. <laughs> and report uh, back. Yeah, write uh, also, a write also Also, a, fi-
0: <laughs> a five-star review is required for those of you who haven't gone to the podcast. Yeah. Make sure you go in there, do that, and leave a five-star review.
2: Yeah. Well, and' and I'll, and I'll say uh, to kind of close up here too is you know one of the reasons why after what are what are we now five years, six years of of doing this, I don't see any stopping of this. I mean, our traffic on our website, traffic on new leads and and it's this traffic is uh, what, what we've done, the content that you have helped us create, has really improved our business, our brand, the, the folks that come to us and, and make uh, comments on our information. And and they've even mentioned that they've listened to Andy on, on the podcast too. So it, it is working. <laughs> I'm actually going to put it, a, uh, a sign outside my
1: office that just says The Voice. The Voice. <laughs> <laughs> them to make people refer to me as.
2: But the bottom line is it does work, but and, it, it takes work.
1: And I can, I can attest to what Doug's saying, because as one of the newer brokers in the office, I, you know, I, I sat through the, the official training and went to the, the conferences and sat in through the, uh, what you're supposed to do is your first year or your first three years as a broker. And, you know, I remember talking to Doug and going, you know, boy in a lot of respects, I'm starting on second base here. Like a lot of the things that were taught in those classes and in those, those videos were. Because of the the brand recognition and the the brand reputation that has been built, um, you know we get more influx of people as opposed to us going out. And yeah, I mean, we still do enough outreach, but there's also plenty
2: coming in through. So Stephen, I know that you are extremely busy, and the last time we talked, you were like, not taking any more clients, but there may be people who want to get a hold of you. Uh, is there a way for people to reach out to you?
0: Sure, you can go to the website. It's writerly.us, so the word writer with an l y at the end, and then dot .us, and you can see some of the brands I've written for there, including Meta. Uh, I've had a chance to to work with them, uh, crafting some messaging on the metaverse, which is an entirely different subject. Wow. Which we can talk. We can talk about another time. Yeah. But whether I'm able to take a client or not, I also have a great partner who she's based out of rhode island formerly in paris as well and we work together on some clients so if i'm not able to help you maybe she might be able to and if neither of us are we may be able to connect you with someone who can but happy to at least have a conversation with you i I could say that here we'll we'll throw a gimme with the podcast if you mention the apex business advisors podcast (laughs) we'll have a free conversation no charge Um, whisper whisper i would normally have a free conversation with someone but Let's just say, Apex Business Advisors, mention the podcast, get a free conversation with me about your content, and then we can talk about whether I can help you or someone else can help you, et
1: cetera. If um, you're looking for samples of Stephen's work, go to kcapex.com, click on the blogs. You're gonna see five years of content that he's done. So uh, we'll send you out there. On a personal note, I always enjoy seeing and talking to you, Stephen, and it has nothing to do with the last three times that we've talked, including in 15 minutes from now that I have a closing. So as I mentioned, you know, I think you and I should probably talk on a daily or weekly basis at least. I mean,
0: if, if, if you're finding you're lagging a bit in a month or a quarter, just <laughs> you reach send me out. a message. 100% yeah, it's like I, I yeah, could I'm,
1: help. Man, I'm having having a slow, little slow slow time here, uh, man. Let's, we got to hop on a call, man. I got to get a closing <laughs> out of this.
0: I'm helping to lend a, lend a helping hand.
1: Hey, man, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Thanks so much. Really do look forward to um, the future conversations. I want to hear about your experience uh, buying and selling a business. Well,
0: if if, if you have content needs, uh, I may get you, fam. But if you want to buy or sell a business, they've got you, fam.